0: welcome to thrones and scones uh, i tried to sound it's a monday morning uh it's your weekday morning podcast where we talk game of thrones over breakfast tony anza jeremy in with you today kicking off the week and hitting season three episode one Valar and blueberry for what must be like the eighth time <laughs> we promise they're different blueberry scones um uh, Yeah, anyway, we'll we'll get to that. Welcome back, guys. Uh, We're kicking off season three. How are we feeling? Uh, Starting off on a good note. I think a better episode than season two, episode one. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally agree.
0: We do get some character introductions uh, in this sense. And this is where things really start to pick up beyond the wall. Uh, Jon Snow. Oh, should I wiki? Yeah, hit hit me with that wiki. Well, okay, again, I just installed doll... uh, I don't just, have it.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna give you my uh, just first impressions of season three, episode one. I'm just happy to be out of fucking Karth. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Jon is brought before Mance Raider, the king beyond the wall, while the Night's Watch survivors retreat south. In King's Landing, Tyrion asks for his reward for getting his face cut in half. Uh, Littlefinger offers Sansa a way out, and cersei hosts a dinner for the royal family danny sails into slavers bay lots of that happens yes we are we are out of carth and as i kind of hinted and touched on in the bonus episode uh, things really pick up for daenerys very quickly in the next few episodes
1: yeah and i think the other thing that uh, now so now tyrion is no longer the hand tywin has taken over that position and you start to really see Tywin kind of like uh really coming into what what we know him as right his decisions how he very similar to when he was controlling the armies he wants to see this kingdom run his way with his family and uh th- in this episode when when Tyrion comes to him uh you know i I don't. If you haven't gotten the sense that he hates his son, you really get that quite clear this time.
0: And maybe an odd choice, but I think it's my favorite moment of the show, Tyrion and Tywin's conversation. Tyrion basically comes to Tywin and says... Uh, Ty- Tyween. Tyween and says, uh, hey, Please, look, sir.
1: More porridge. I did what you
0: asked. I, I showed up. <laughs> I ruled in your stead. I saved this city. And all I want is what should already be promised to me. Of course, uh, Casterly Rock, Tywin's ancestral seat for House Lannister, <laughs> which would normally go to his eldest heir. Um, but Jamie forsaked all land, forsought, forsook, forsock, forsocketh all, for land and, uh, for uh, forsock all land and forsocketh upon what, his sister too much. That's what Cersei
1: and, did for him. Yeah. She yeah. forsocked him. <laughs> she forsocked <laughs>
0: she- and uh, yeah, so he, he joined the Kingsguard and he relinquished his rights to it. And so since it does not fall to a, a female heir, unless necessity requires it, um, Tyrion would be the rightful inheritor of it. And it's my favorite moment because, again, we hear a lot about Tywin. We do get to see him being a bit more brutal in the last season. But here's the first like moment where you're just like, this dude blindly hates Tyrion. Um, He he comes out now that he's around more of his family now that he's in a better position for himself. He's not really leaning on the guy anymore. And uh, he's he straight up says like, hey, the only reason you're alive is because I can't prove that you aren't my kid. Yeah, but don't you dare ever go talking about your birthright again. Uh, you know, you who killed your mother just to, to come into this, like, this is this is the Tywin Lannister we've really heard about, and um, it's it's methodical, it's brutal, and I, I like that it really kind of set him up as this uh, archetypal villain here. Yeah,
2: yeah, Tywin gets pretty uh... pretty, you know, Pretty dark, pretty quick in this season compared to the last. In the last, you kind of, in the last season, you really, you know, you've heard about him being this terrible guy and everything. But Tywin almost comes off as kind of understandable, kind of likable, just put into this position that's very challenging. You know, he's got, for the most part, kind of shitty kids. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know you're kind of starting in the first in, in last season when you see him lot like, you're kind of starting to wonder like oh you know you know this guy you know this guy maybe we got to cut him a little break and then uh he really comes out of his shell in this season and we uh we start to see a little bit more of his evil side that's for sure
0: indeed uh we left last season with a moment that i thought was very odd leaving uh samuel tarley alive the white walkers so we open this season with him running through the snow. He comes across a, a Night's Watch guy kneeling down. Oh, but wait, he doesn't have a head. It's in his hands. Oh my God. That dude was killed, but Sam was left alive. Okay, more questions than answers. But then we go on. He meets up with the with the band of Night's Watch people that are left. And the first thing that um, the Lord Commander says to him is, Charlie, did you send the ravens? <laughs> Look at me, Tali. Look, look. Did you me. send the ravens? And uh, really obsessed with the. Ra- but he knew Sam was out with uh, with Gren and Pip. They were hunting for poop to build fires. And then the White Walkers. It's like, was Sam supposed to go back to camp to send these ravens? Like, I don't know what that guy wanted from him.
1: So I was wondering, it's like, where, where, where is he getting these ravens from? If he's out there uh it was kind of an odd thing the other part i thought that was kind of weird is um gosh is this where we the dire wolf is that where the um, saves him is that where that saves sam um
0: yes yeah yes. yeah
1: so i thought the dire wolf was following john still
0: uh the last we saw of ghost he kind of just went off when Corin and John and the rest were ranging off, uh, oh okay, w- he just kind of went over a ridge, and Corrin said, "Like Wolf's not a pet or something." He oh okay, element out here. So. I don't know why
1: I just couldn't remember where the dog or the where the wolf was, but there was just kind of this one of those
0: weird moments. <laughs> he got too expensive for the rest of the season. <laughs> too expensive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ran that's
2: out really of that
0: like. C- Ran out of that CGI money.
2: CGI money. Super
0: that's what. Expensive. That's what really happens out there. And then uh, the real stuff. I mean, that's that's of course. We get to watch them walk for a while after that, but mm-hmm. then we get introduced to uh, Tormund Giantsbane and the King Beyond the Wall, uh, Raider. Yeah, good yeah. characters.
2: Yeah, this first our first uh, our first giant i we see. Oh, this, that's this, true. This, yeah.
0: uh, the first uh, the first giant. I don't mean to sit here and say that all giants look the same, but they kind of do. And I don't know if this is Wun Wun, the one that gets really popular later on, um, but. He's a, he's a tall feller.
1: Yeah, not yeah, sure. B- building the camp, right? Shoving, shoving those, uh, oh, were they bones or trees? I can't remember what they were into the ground to build something. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, so, John's just staring at him. You ever see a giant before? Your first?
0: So, this is a, another little interesting. In this season and the next, we'll really start to make our divergences from the books and set our own storylines. Um, just kind of a thing that I thought was fun. In the books, Mance Raider tells John a story when they meet about how they've met before. And uh, it turns out Mance Raider was basically in disguise, south of the wall, at Winterfell for a party. And him and John as a child had like conversations and stuff and talked blah 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 blah. And the way that John got into his good graces, um, and convinced him that, you know, he he was here because he wanted to be here was like uh him saying, oh, you were at this at this party. Did you see where they sat the bastard? And it was like, you know, kind of, John, John's never been free. He's always kind mm-hmm. of had this shitty destiny and now he wants to kind of make it on his own. Which I think is a, it's a lot to set up in, in an episode like this. It seems very coincidental, but did you feel that John's actual thing that he did here where he's just kind of...
1: Kills Corinne and then... You know, kills Corrin. He's in
0: and then he's in. I mean, he does still have to answer to Mance, um, but I, I, I don't know if it necessarily, if I buy it as much, which could be a fair plot telling point because, I don't know, do you guys think that Mance buys it?
1: Yeah, I don't, I still think there's obviously still concern that he's he's not being truthful, and I think has, uh has more of a reason why he's even, you know, she even says, you know, you know i you saved my life i've saved yours now um and then as he we see in the future kind of episodes she knows she gets this she's like you know you may not be loyal to them but you'll be loyal to me And as long as you're loyal to me that's all that matters um yeah yeah because i think that's that's kind of the point of all of the the clans above the wall it's like hey you know, we're all free. We all kind of live on these haphazard rules, and we're only we're only surviving as a larger group because we have to.
2: Yeah, and I, I, I think that, Tony, the point you made, to me, that makes more sense. Again, I haven't read the books. I didn't know any of that. Um, but that story, to me, makes much more sense than the story we get in the show because it just seems too convenient that they're all like, oh, okay, yeah, you're in, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> you're in. <laughs> because... All we know about the wildlings really so far is that they're pretty, you know, pretty vicious. They'll kill anybody. They even say that they'll pretty much kill anybody. And, you know, they're not... It's just weird that Jon can just kind of walk in and and all of a sudden be be a part of this. And I hate to do this, but to jump a couple episodes in, even Tormund, in a couple episodes, in like two episodes, Tormund's like, uh, I like you, kid, but you lie to me, I'll fucking kill you. And it's like... (laughs) why does Tormund <laughs> like him? Like they've known each other for uh, like a couple of, you know, they've known each other for what it's to us. Only a couple episodes in there. And he's already like, I love you, brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's instant camaraderie. I suppose it's fast. Um, I, Tormund giant Spain. Again, I don't mean to just direct everything to the books, but my gosh, he would be all of our favorite characters. If he was a direct interpretation, because the amount of dick jokes that Tormund makes in the books, it's like every other sentence out of his mouth. I think at one point he te- he's telling the story about how he was having sex with this woman, but it ended up being like a bear and it bit half of his dick off. And now it's only twice as big as everyone else's or something <laughs> like that. Like, it's a great story. And uh, he really only makes a couple in the show that we, can, uh, uh, that we can treasure. But I-, I like Tormund a lot. Yeah, I yeah. think
2: yeah, I, I like him in the show. Even I gotta, I'm, I'm really th- starting to think I gotta read these books, man. We gotta read. I mean, yeah. Long so this books, is this is yeah. book,
1: this is book three now, right? End of book two. I and was trying three? to
0: remember that because they split at one point. Yeah, um, book one or book one was season one, the entire thing. Yeah. Um. Let Let me look this up.
1: I'm pretty I'm pretty sure this talking. is the end of book two, but it may be book three. But yeah, this is where we are, and I wouldn't tell you to just start reading book three, but I mean, I guess you could do that. Uh, Don't do
0: that. No, you'd be so lost. Yeah.
1: What was the other thing that I thought? I mean, the the stuff about... Okay, so... Uh, where can is I, it? I'll Dick. hit you real quick here. Yeah, go ahead.
0: So, season one is book one. Okay. Season two is book two. Season three and season four are book three. So, they're split. Okay. Um, and then... It's complicated because um, book four and book five happened simultaneously mm-hmm. just from different people's perspectives. So season five and six are those are both of those books split up, but also rapidly diversion. And that's it, right? And that's all the, and yeah. So then season seven and season eight have are, are unpublished. They're
2: unpublished. Yep.
0: Uncharted territory there and separate stories now,
2: correct? Like they're going to have different endings as
0: supposedly, I think that that is, uh, yeah, that that is what's been set up, and whether or not that's just to lead people on or what, I'm not sure. Getting very much ahead of ourselves as far as just opening up with uh, season three here. What were, what were guys' favorite parts?
1: Um, for me, it is actually John's story. Like I actually, I talked prior how I felt a little slow, and now I'm, he's starting to become more interesting. And I also like the at uh, Aaron Hall. With uh, Aaron Hall, Aaron Hall, Aaron Hall,
0: Aaron carter Hall,
1: Aaron, Aaron <laughs> Carter, uh, with Rob. I really enjoyed this. So, this is now with the uh, oh gosh, I, I, my notes, I can't read it because I'm struggling. Come back to me in one minute. Sorry,
2: okay. yeah, My my favorite part, hands down, this episode. Uh, he did oh, me awesome. a little, uh, I think one of these episodes back i don't know if it was early season two maybe uh you did me a little wrong could have been the end of season one can't remember uh we get our we get our lord berriston back ah yes it was, indeed it was a yeah. sweet moment a, little, Bear a little, su- so,
0: little surprise moment at the end of the episode he shows up and uh, saves daenerys from a would-be assassin yeah and then pledges uh pledges himself i'm I'm just gonna stop apologizing because it's probably more annoying than me interrupting. Um, so actually, in Berest, same thing happens in the books. Barriston does this thing, um, saves Daenerys, doesn't use a sword, uses a stick, which is important later. Um, but but does not reveal himself for a while. It's basically until he earns his trust or earns her trust. Does he then reveal himself and pledge his actual sword, saying that he's like for gone. Drawing a sword until he could be regained of his honor, uh, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, it's a bit different. Him presenting himself right away. Danny's kind of all on board, and Jorah is nervous, uh, rightfully so, because Berest Selmy knows what Jorah did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, that's that's gonna play play a part for sure. As for Danny's assassin. Do you guys have any opinions about this little girl that tried to kill her? Do you think it's a faceless person? Do you think that it's just somebody the warlock sent? Do you think that maybe she's a warlock? I don't know.
2: Yeah, what the hell was up with that little evil child thing? It was weird. <laughs> it and looks pissed. like
1: uh, the, the yeah. teeth being kind of cut up like the... Uh, who was the warlock? Pre or
2: Prime? yeah. Pre, yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 So I don't remember if they, if they say this in the book or if they mention this later that... It's something like that. Is is that connected? I don't know. I don't remember.
2: Yeah, I, I had, had no idea. idea. I didn't really know where that that just kind of came out of left field. Well, the, the fact that, the list, fact uh, that she
1: jumps and disappears, suggesting maybe it is like a a clone or 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 a, a mirage or whatever in that sense, it could be that as well.
0: Yeah, as a uh, as Daenerys is sailing to Slaver's Bay, we could see the dragons again. They're a little bit bigger. A little bit. And they fish. Um, and cook
1: their own food still. What's is up? It,
0: yeah. Do you think that fire-breathing animals would be one to dive bomb the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like no. Uh, also, if that is behavior that they have in their evolutionary mind, do the big ones do it? And do they come up with, like, dolphins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know because we never get to see it after. Everyone
1: knows that dolphins and dragons are just you know they're like a generation separated. That's it. So oh
0: yeah yeah yeah. they're
2: very close. Yeah
1: ancestors very common.
2: To me, (laughs) to me, the whole like water beats fire thing kicks in here. Like how long after the dragons underwater is he limited from breathing fire? Can he breathe fire
0: underwater? I I mean obviously I would imagine no. I don't know. It's true. This is, a, yeah, this is the age-old question. How do dragons breathe fire? Is there internal fire inside of them, Pokemon style? Is there ignitable liquid that connects with some sort of sparking mechanism? Or another combustible liquid that shoots out in a separate tube? That's a good point. If it's of a, a
1: belly a, thing, then kind of a, they could do that, right?
2: I think so. I'm thinking maybe maybe some sort of chemical reaction where they got two liquids that come out of two different like secretory mechanisms that when converge turn into fire and combust.
1: So it's all chemical. There's actually no spark. There's no spark.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I
1: think that yeah. You know, using the reference of How to Train a Dragon, um, we (laughs) have the two-headed dragon that has the one head that makes the gas and the one head that makes the spark. Which would be to uh, say that it needs to be a physical actual uh, reaction instead of like more of a chemical. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I trying to think of the book series Aragon. I think that book, The Dragon, has the fire belly, and that's kind of like a furnace where it started, so they can breathe fire uh, in. That's in the water. Lord of the Rings thing too. Is it? Oh yeah. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So
2: I, my my mechanism is. Similar to that uh that beetle, right? That like uh shit's acid or something. It's like it's got the two You know what I'm talking about? Sure, sure, sure. Two it's got I think it's got like the two chambers and then when they when they converge the two liquids it turns into some like super nasty acid. Hell yeah. It might spit it. I'm not sure. No, I think I think the (laughs) acid is much more accurate. Gums out one of the ends. (laughs) Ah, what's the name of that beetle?
0: I just saw it on some documentary I was watching. (laughs) I I couldn't tell you.
2: Bombardier beetle. I had to Google it.
0: Bombardier. Somebody who might looks like they got hit by some acid shit. It must suck to be Sir Davos waking up on that rock I, I mean, it's super dry here. I'm running this humidifier like crazy. I've got some dry patches of skin that are driving me insane. Davos is like the splotchiest person. Like there's just... He's crusty. Open, like it. his his body is chapped and it just looks like the worst thing ever. Um, And uh, he, he gets rescued. Davos, a, a king's man to the end. He basically gets picked up by these guys and they're like, which king did you serve? And he's in the Blackwater, right outside of King's Landing. It would be probably smarter to say Joffrey, probably more likely, but uh, he he gives it to Stannis. He
1: gives it to Stannis, yep.
0: He gets rewarded for that by then going and getting arrested by Stannis trying to kill Melisandre. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Go to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect the dead remains of your son or $200. Um, We
2: actually... we actually get to Slavers Bay in this
0: episode too, right? We do, and we get to see the uh, the Unsullied. We get to Unsullied. see one of them lose a nipple. Yes, which uh, was oh, a, was a was a moment. That, is that yeah. what this
1: episode? I thought, Oh, I don't think I wrote that down.
2: So we get to meet the and I can't remember his name. Uh, we get to meet the master of the Unsullied, the slave master, Grand slave yeah. master, master Krasnitz. Yeah, and he's a uh, pretty funny dude. Kind of already, a a, already
0: a nice, uh, a nice dick.
2: Basically, just every other word is calling Daenerys a, a, a ignorant slut.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: In Valyrian, of course. In Valyrian, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, how could she possibly? Uh, she takes it she so possibly...
1: stoically.
0: <laughs> I like at one point. And I don't know if it's this episode or the next, but when Missandei is translating, um, he says, "Tell her something," and she looks at him like. Real, should I? And he goes like, no, like obviously don't <laughs> tell me <her> that. <laughs> uh, that's uh oh, that's stuff. and I don't really remember again in my head. This is way later. Like the stuff that's about to play out in Slaver's Bay. Some of my favorite Daenerys moments. Uh, yeah, it's really you know, good. Karth sucked, but right now, this Daenerys is good. Is golden for me. Yeah.
1: I, I uh, agree actually. Cause everything I think yeah. I'm thinking of is like the next, is probably th- the third or fourth episode where it gets really good but it was enjoyable yeah so speaking of the the whole build you know buy your army kind of thing do you think she, i mean she obviously has this i'm gonna i'm gonna buy i'm gonna free these slaves moment but then she keeps that that slave wand right i mean and especially in this episode still being called like like the master kind of idea right or is that maybe the next one i'm
0: what are you talking about God you're damn. you're
2: miles ahead of yourself yeah you're way ahead. Fuck. yeah episodes and episodes ahead Boom. and incorrect <laughs> and incorrect yeah <laughs> well, does she, I, she, she chucks it. It. I i have a no, question she chucks it oh, i have a yeah. question good uh for tony specifically yes daddy uh and you mentioned this earlier uh i think right away ep- early episodes of Scoons. season one uh
0: you're not a big fan of Jorah Mormont. I'm not the biggest fan. Of, Tell me uh, why of Jorah Mormont, because I think he gets in the way of better characters. Uh, I think Jorah Mormont is problematic for Berestan Selmy right now. I think he's really kind of, and it ends up being a little bit of of his downfall in the sense that we know him. I mean, not not to a crazy level, but. I think george just kind of gets it cheapens danny's story a little bit for me because looking way 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 down the line they've just kind of built up this relationship to where you know she trusts him and she has this very deep bond with him and for him obviously it goes you know he loves her and read into that whatever you want he he loves daenerys and it drives a wedge in but I just don't ever think it's really set up enough on her end to prompt reactions. Um, Again, I don't think the actor's bad. Um, The the characters just never really resonated with me in the books or in the show.
2: Really? That's interesting. I don't, I agree with you on a couple things. I do think he does get in the way of some, of some really cool characters and some interesting characters. Uh, I'm a big fan of Barristan uh, in this season and and moving forward. And I've liked the character, Throughout the series, which is why uh, the only time I think I've really talked about him is when I was kind of talking a little trash, uh, when he didn't stand up, when the whole, those are the king's words, (laughs) (laughs) moment. (laughs) That part upset me a little bit, but I think it only upset me so much because I am a Barristan fan. Yeah. Um, So I do agree with you on that point, definitely. But... The rest of Jorah's story arc and and all of his I don't know there's something about him he just seems comes off and maybe it's the actor probably but he just comes off as a super likable dude I don't know I'm a, I'm I'm a big Jorah fan Jenna's a really big she really likes Jorah too so that's why I was just like there's nothing about him that really makes me dislike him and I understand that he was a uh, you know he was selling slaves he he had this issue dishonorable in Westeros came over to Essos um with some not great intentions yeah but i mean that's really backstory because we never really see him play any of that out to any extent and he almost immediately flips and then you know he serves daenerys pretty well like he doesn't uh he doesn't really do anything bad for me um at least up to this point and even i'm trying to think moving forward not so much but um yeah i don't know i uh, i gotta i can't really remember the rest of the, the series too much as far as his story arc goes, um, other than the most recent, obviously, but now, I don't know. There's some about him I really like, and uh, like I said, Jenna likes him too. That's why I was curious.
0: Let me ask you, are you a Daenerys fan? Uh, I am. Jeremy?
1: Currently or overall? Just, just overall. Yes.
0: Okay. See, this might play into it as well. I'm not a big fan of Daenerys. Uh, I like I don't dislike her as a character, but like as far as I I think most people, she's like top three in Game of Thrones characters like Daenerys. She's certainly the most recognizable Game of Thrones character. Um, Daenerys does not resonate with me. And I think the fact that Jorah turns every other conversation they have into this weird soap opera thing prevents her from getting to a position where I want to see her. And yeah. that's why I dislike Jorah. So hmm. if you like the spot that Daenerys is in, I think that that would probably hit me a little less and I wouldn't mind as much. Um, so I, I just think that he kind of pulls her development down a little bit. But as far as his motivations and everything, what you're saying, I get him. Uh, I get his purpose. Um, it just never quite hit on the hits on the emotional level. I want it to.
2: Yeah, and I think the only thing about Jorah's storyline that I wish was a bit different, <clears throat> which I think they... In the series, they sure seem to try and try and play it down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish they would have just left the whole fact about him like being in love with her out. I was just kind of wish. Say that. I wish they yeah. would just have him be like he's just a loyal dude. Like he just he really does believe in her as as being the true the the best queen or the best ruler for for all of the lands or whatever, and uh, and just leave the whole love thing out because I think. I mean, it does, it depthens his character a little bit, but it almost like, it does take away from, you know, you never know what his true intentions are. And and I just, I don't think that he needed that. I think he would have been a good character without that.
0: It's certainly his flaw. And, you know, every character needs that. But I I agree with you in that. Uh, it would be less... That That's where all of his cringe oh. comes from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, are his pining affections toward uh, toward Daenerys. Moving across to, uh, I think, our other only current queen. Do they only know how to film Cersei at dinner? I'm pretty no. sure they only know how to film Cersei at dinner. <laughs> She's they always know.
1: drinking something.
0: <laughs> yeah. She's only available to film at night, so they're like, all right, it's dinner again. Uh, her and Joffrey have the most awkward supper with Marjorie. And uh, Laura's lots of passive aggressive things uh, being slung one way or the other. It's a. Yeah,
1: because this is where we're seeing Marjorie's where she's going out to the city, helping, hanging out with the poor and the weak. And Cersei's always like, they just tried to kill us. Why would you be out there? She's like, there's more ways, you know, to kind of get your people to love you and to rule a kingdom. And I think, I mean, Cersei clearly hates her uh, because. Yeah. That's very apparent that maybe there is another way, and she doesn't understand that because that's not the family way with the Lannisters.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, the, we are finding out that the family way with the Lannisters is losing your hair color, as we've already alluded to. That's starting <laughs> to happen for Tyrion, for Jamie as well. Although I did notice, maybe it was just a trick of the light or something, but in this episode, at least, Sansa has become like uber ginger. She's like... Crazy redhead! All of a sudden, it's so bright. Uh, that's that's a fresh bottle, yeah. I think, that they're working with over there. It's Any more, other it's more than just for, highlights. Yeah, <laughs> it's more. It's just certainly more than just highlights.
2: some low lights now in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hair hair color is just amorphous in in, in Westeros. <laughs> <those. laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh, as for our good, bad, and the jugglies from this scene, we only had one. Uh, it was pretty early on in the episode with Bron getting uh, getting. You know maybe maybe his reward for for fighting as hard as he did, a uh, lovely little prostitute who uh wants to see how skilled he is with his teeth, and yeah. we never get to see that because he gets interrupted by pod
2: and I think uh just just because we don't discriminate uh here on Thrones and scones, would you know uh, obviously
0: uh has got a shirt off in
2: this he does as well, so that's
0: true. we see a several shirtless men in this episode, thankfully, braun did not get his nipple cut off uh, Thankfully. Because I did not like watching a nipple being cut off, but uh... not as much as you'd think, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I thought. Yeah, it was
0: on my bucket list, but I, I crossed it off. And then you're like, "Well, <laughs> I <laughs> could have <laughs> uh,
2: been okay
1: with not watching that." Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> not as satisfying as one might expect. Uh, any other any other big things you guys want to hit on? before I tell you all about this uh, scone that I've been munching on that no, maybe you've I, been able I, to hear. I don't,
2: I don't think, I think that's it. I think that's all, uh, I think that's all. So tell me, tell me about that scone, Tony, hit me with it.
0: Well, uh, even though Jeremy has stolen them all out from under me, this one is from Panera. It's, I think the last one we have of their, uh, rundown. No, hold no, on. No,
1: they have another one. I
0: think it's the, I think it's the last one that they have of their, uh, offerings. It's good. It's good. All right. Well, well uh, just to
2: just to just to tease a little bit, uh, next scone coming up, uh, my wonderful girlfriend Jenna baked some fresh scones, so we'll uh, we'll be sharing that in the
0: in the next episode. Yeah, yay. Yay, yay! The first foray into into when, baked
1: goods. When she came in while we we're talking, it was like shaking the bags behind you, <laughs> the look of pure joy because she realized the scones are amazing. <laughs>
2: yeah, she's uh, yeah. she's really come around to the scones. Although she did say the savory scone was, uh, I don't want to misquote her. Absolutely the worst thing she's ever eaten.
0: <laughs> 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 well, we'll be uh, we're looking forward to what what we think of. You'll have to have her in the room as you take your first bite, and uh, if it's bad, well, we'll just have to roll with that. Or, and see or what or great maybe content we'll do, it brings. Maybe we'll or do or do she can do the special
2: review. review. I was gonna say maybe we'll do a little special review. We'll uh, we'll get a little tandem review.
0: Jenna and I are reviewing the scone at the same time. I like this. That'll be tomorrow, as you can join us again as we tackle season three, episode two. In the meantime, you want to hit us up on social media, all the links to everything can be found up at thronesandscones.com. You down with G O T? Yeah,
1: you know me.
0: For some reason, this is not like a particularly dense scone, but it has really impeded my ability to speak. <laughs> <saying>, really? Like <laughs> Normally I can do this balancing act, but you're it's like just tacky
2: enough. I feel bad for, like, the 10 people that listen to our podcast and just basically hear our, like, just, like, dry, dry-ass
0: chewing on these scones. I got to give—I'm I'm a little upset now, Jeremy, that you stole all the Panera Bread ones, um, because thus far, I've had a couple Starbucks ones and was not impressed with the just crap that they were giving me. Um, I, so I was like, I maybe, maybe chain Starbucks scones are not scones. the way to go. But These Panera ones, this blueberry one is solid. I mean—
1: Yeah, but they changed it now. Aren't they round now? Aren't they the round? They used to to be more the traditional cut or whatever.
0: Actually, the original scones were round, (laughs) and uh, Americans made them triangular. Thank you.
1: (laughs) They were like a biscuit, but not a biscuit.
0: (laughs) So, let me ask this.
2: What actually is the difference between a scone and a
0: biscuit? I don't know. I've been trying to get this answer out of Jeremy for... The whole podcast. <laughs> is it the sweetness?
1: No, because they're savory scones, so that isn't...
0: I, I think for mean, all intents purposes, a... like a traditional British scone is what we call a biscuit because right. they call cookies biscuits.
2: That's interesting. Yeah, I'm not
1: Sure.
0: What's the difference? In case oh. you guys were curious as to what Google thinks is important, what's the difference between stock and broth, jelly and jam, bourbon and whiskey?
2: What's the difference between jelly and jam? It's a good joke.
0: I can't jelly my fist into your
2: ass. (laughs) And by good joke, I mean it's a joke.
1: It's the first time I've heard that one.
2: And I've heard the punchline multiple ways. In the punchlines, fist can really be replaced with really (laughs) any object. (laughs)